but really it just came down to, to cold calling, right? Making those connections and kind of just forcing myself in the door. I didn't really have any connections. So it's just a matter of making those connections. You'd be surprised how many people actually are looking for musicians anyways. I think there is also this mental resistance of maybe feeling like you're annoying the people that you're contacting or something like that. Um, but usually they're actually always kind of looking for new musicians and are always happy to, to hear about new talent. It's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music. But I'm gonna share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better. If you have high quality music, but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music, we're gonna show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, so I'm here with my man, Logan Thomas. So Logan is a uh, team member at Modern Musician, one of our, our quickly rising team leaders, and he's really, in the last year, has grown from just joining the team to actually becoming the automation team leader and then the, the team leader of our entire coaching staff. We have over 24 coaches now. And he's also not just, you know, on, on our team, he's also an incredible musician himself. And he's had a lot of success from initially joining the program, implementing everything, and now being able to actually be a part of what we're doing and, and help other artists. And so really, I wanted to bring him on here just to have a conversation to discuss some of the things that he's working on, because he has some pretty, pretty smart strategies too around booking live gigs that, that he's doing. So I just thought it'd be fun to bring him on and just share a little bit about uh, what he's up to. So Logan, thanks for taking the time to be here today. Yeah, thank you for the awesome introduction. Appreciate it. Super excited to be here. For sure, man. And also, congratulations on turning 26. He just had his birthday weekend. He's like 26 years old. When I was 26 years old, that was only three years ago. So, I mean, I guess I, <laughs> I wasn't just like you know sucking on my thumb three years ago. But he's a pretty a pretty dang cool 26 year old. So uh, to start out with, I'd love to just hear a little bit about your story with your music. And you know, really, when we first met, what why did you join our program? What, what kind of made you decide that you wanted to wanted to make that leap? Yeah, great question. So I think, you know, now that I have the perspective of working as a coach as well, I definitely see that everyone has a different starting point. For me personally, going to the program, I had done some online marketing in the past. So I had like some basic knowledge of Facebook ads and stuff like that. And to me, it was like the, just the right thing at the right time. Like I, I had the basics. I knew like a little bit about business and marketing, but I didn't really have like a, a game plan to kind of connect the dots. And after watching some of your webinars, I just realized like, hey, this is this is the blueprint I was looking for. Like things just really kind of clicked. And yeah, I just it, it kind of resonated with me. A lot, a lot of the things you talked about in terms of traffic and your analogies, summarized things in a way that no one else had really done for me. And it just made things click. And yeah, I just felt like I needed to get the full experience and watch all the webinars, reach out to some other past clients, rock stars like Eli Lev, who's also awesome. And yeah, just everyone had awesome things to say about Modern Musician. It's kind of a, a no-brainer at that point. I had been, you know, following the, I don't think you had the podcast running at this point, but you know, I'd been following all the webinars and the email lists and stuff like that. So I'd been engaged for probably, probably about a year or so before I actually ended up doing the program. Hmm. Um, That's awesome, yeah. man. Yeah, I love, I love hearing about that. I remember when you first joined, because... That was back when I, I was still doing all of the client onboarding with like the one-on-one -on -one sessions. And, you know, part of that process is uh, listening to your music and, and sort of doing those initial momentum sessions uh, before we you know, figure out if we're a good fit to get to get things launched. And I remember listening to your music, dude, and you're like, holy cow, this is freaking awesome. Kind of gave me like John John Mayer vibes. And our whole our whole family was like dancing along to it. I'm like, yeah, like this this is awesome. So I'm glad. I'm I'm super glad that that you discovered us and that you, you know, attended the webinars and whatnot. And now you're such an important part of our team. Super cool. 
so uh, I, I know that sometimes it's difficult to, to do this because like a lot has changed, like a lot has, has transformed since then. But can you kind of remember back to when before you joined, what would you say was like the biggest challenge or the biggest struggle that you were facing in, in your music career? Yeah, I mean, I guess some kind of a broad level, like I said, kind of connecting the dots, like with the internet, there's so much information out there and you can learn anything, but it's really hard to figure out what's important to focus on. So I would say like kind of a macro level, that was the main thing holding me back was having these little bits and pieces, but not really knowing how to, how to kind of fit it together. I guess getting more specific, like I, I would say the, the problem was really just knowing how to retain people, right? Like I felt like I, like I said, I'd run some ads before I'd gotten some views on videos and I was felt pretty confident about how to get my music out there, but I didn't really know what to do from that point, which I think is such a key step. And a big thing that modern musician focuses on that I really hadn't seen much before that was like, okay, once you get someone to listen to your music and they like it, like what next, right? What, what happens next? I think most people don't really have any idea what happens next. So they kind of just spin their wheels and do the same thing over and over, release a new album every year or two and just hoping things pick up. So yeah, so that was the biggest issue is like knowing what the next step is, knowing how to actually turn someone from a listener into an actual fan. Mm, that's so good. Yeah, it reminds me of the, what is it, step number three when we're talking about the rain catcher, right? Like building the rain catcher, you're making it rain, but you actually need to have that that funnel, that rain cap, the rain catcher to actually be able to convert a new listener and to build a deeper relationship with them and build a fan relationship and don't even get me started about farmer facebook right now but anyone who's if anyone's listening or watching this right now that's watched one of our webinars then you are probably pretty familiar with farmer facebook but cool man so coming into the program what do you say is kind of like your biggest goal that you're looking to to accomplish really overall i just I wanted to get at least like one sale. That was a very small goal, but I feel like that was the missing piece. Like, okay, I have people that say they like my music, but how do I get them to actually support me like monetarily, right? So that was really my big goal with joining Modern Musician was like having all these bits and pieces of knowledge. Like, okay, how can I actually turn this into a business? And yeah, I mean, I definitely accomplished way more than that. That was like a very small goal that I blew way past that easily. But that was really my main goal was like, okay, I have these traffic sources. I understand a little about running ads. So how do I actually turn that into sales and customers, right? And I think that was a big thing that I got out of the program when I first went through it. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so it sounds like really the big, biggest goal was coming into it. You had done a lot already. You'd done a lot of work to really, and tried out some different digital marketing in order to grow, to get more new listeners. But then it was a matter of figuring out how do I build a deep relationship with those people, actually turn them from listener into actual fan, continue to have a conversation with them, and then actually turn that into a business to actually like make sales and make it profitable, make at least one sale. So could, could you share like roughly where are you at right now in terms of like, like, uh, a ballpark of coming in, were you able to make your one sale or like, how, like what, where are things at right now in terms of your goals? Oh yeah. That, like I said, that was more of the kind of thing where I knew if I could get one, I could get, you know, potentially an unlimited number. So I made, I'm not sure exactly how many in the three months going through the program initially, I think it was probably around like 40 to 50 sales total in my initial three months in the program. Yeah. So way more than I had hoped for or expected. And I was super happy with that. And now it's, um, I have no idea the total number, but I'd say, I mean, now it's consistent, right? So every week I'm, I'm making sales and it's something that's at the time was really cool. And it still is really cool, but like anything else, you kind of get used to it, and almost take it for granted. So I try to remind myself when I ship out those merch orders, like, Hey, this is something that I used to really hope and dream for. And now it's reality. And I, I try to keep that mindset every time that I get a new order. That's, that's super awesome. And, and yeah, I mean, I can definitely relate to isn't that kind of, ain't that the darndest thing? That's a really weird way to say it, but ain't it the darndest thing that it seems like 
no matter how far you get or however how much you achieve like there's always actually you know there's a there's an artist i know that has a pretty good song that's all about this you know it's called one more chapter it's kind of like there's always I one more chapter it. you know yeah, it's one of logan logan's songs it's great definitely check it out but it's true it's true it's like it's so important to reflect and to you know to be grateful for the things that we have and to to notice the progress that we've made and i know that you've done a great job of of that as well and and yeah i've seen you post in our in our gold Arts community and share you know the i think that uh you you had done like five thousand dollars a month like you kind of reached that initial the initial goal and then you're sharing that with other other uh, artists in the community so it's awesome it's really cool I guess the next question to dive into is because I think that one thing I'd love to talk with you about is some of the things that you've been doing around, we might even end up doing like a bonus training or something for Gold Arts Academy. We talked a little bit about this, but around booking live gigs and, and actually having that as an additional source of, of revenue for you and your music and also a way to hone your craft to keep performing. So could you talk a little bit about your live booking process and kind of what, what that looks like and how you got started with that? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, first thing I would want to say is I kind of look at it. There's two different markets for booking. There's like the artist side of things. And then there's the private event side of things where someone's hiring you to play music, not necessarily a, a venue hiring you to, to sell tickets. Right. So I do focus more on the private events. And that means that I focus more on the, the service I'm providing more than focusing on selling tickets and getting people out to a show. So it definitely is a different type of approach to it. And with that being said, my process for like booking those types of gigs I do also want to say like for anyone who doesn't really hasn't done this before, hasn't booked gigs, doesn't really know the difference. The upside to these private events is that even if you're not like a, a household name or you're not super well known, you can make really good money if you have a, a solid service that you're providing, right? So it's, it's something that you don't need to be at a certain level, I would say. I mean, obviously talent wise you do, but I think a, a big roadblock for people is feeling like, oh, I haven't reached X number of fans, therefore I'm not ready to play live in the private event realm that really doesn't apply as much. Yeah, so I'd say the, the process I went through, there's definitely kind of different phases. So I would say phase one was like open mics, right? Like just getting out there anywhere I could play, like not even worry about getting paid, just getting over the, whether it's stage fright or just like getting over, you know, sometimes I feel like you, you become a bedroom rock star and then you get on stage. It's like, you have to get used to that feeling of actually playing in front of people, right? So I think open mics are great for that. But yeah, it's the first three to six months of when I decided to really start taking it seriously was open mics, really anything, anything that I could get out and just, you know, do my thing for a few songs. Another thing I did was like, if I had friends that um, had a band that was playing somewhere, they might let me play like on their, their break. Like if they would take a 30 minute break, I might play a few songs. That was another great way to kind of test the waters, see like how people responded, that kind of thing. And once I felt confident with that side of things, feeling like, okay, like I have a, have a solid list of songs that people enjoy and I, I don't suck, right? People seem to, to like my music. Then you kind of go into the next phase, which is pretty much just cold calling. And I would call 20, 30, sometimes 50 venues a day. And I might hear back from like five, right? So like if I could call 50 venues, get a call back from five and book one, I would consider that a success. And it's it's definitely mm -hmm. tedious. I mean, there's a whole other side of things as far as like having a website. And I'm not going to get too deep into like the logistics of how I made that work. But really it just came down to, to cold calling, right? Making those connections and kind of just forcing myself in the door. I didn't really have any connections. So it's just a matter of making those connections. Now so that's probably the hardest phase where people get frustrated is like, it's really hard to get that initial momentum. But then kind of phase three, I would say is once you start building a name, you get referrals, you go to the next venue and they might've heard of you because, you know, the, especially in like smaller towns, like everyone kind of knows each other. I'm in like a medium sized city. So I have the benefit of it being small enough that it's, you can get your name out there, but also big enough, there's lots of opportunities. But yeah, that would, that would be like the third phase is referrals and things kind of start to, 
you don't really have to look for gigs as much. They almost start coming to you, right? And then kind of the final phase, I would say, is transitioning from the cold calling to the, the higher paying referral gigs. So this kind of gets into another duality where there's like public and private events, right? And some of the public events, like I said, are the ones where you're selling tickets, but bars and restaurants do, that's not really the case. And you can get those gigs pretty easily, but they're on kind of like the lower end of the pay scale. And really the ultimate goal is to get to the the point where you have an individual, whether it's, you know, weddings are a big one. There's also corporate event, event planners, that kind of thing that have a, a higher budget. And that's where you can really get into the long-term sustainability of really having a business where you're providing a service and not just being a guy playing at the bar, you know? But I think the, the main thing I learned was like, there's phases and you can't really skip the phases. You have to um, do step one before step two. And it's, it's a process like anything else. Mm. That's so good. Yeah, man, I, I love that. I feel like that was a really uh, concise like overview of the entire process. And it is a huge opportunity. I mean, I, I do the way that you described it at the beginning, uh, just giving people an understanding of the differences between between this as a service versus them selling tickets. You know, it's definitely a different ball game. But I do think that there's a lot of alignment. There's a lot of overlap there. Where you know, if you were able to book these shows, I mean, I th- what is it? The Beatles they. They played like every night at the same bar, I think. Or you know, they, they, I remember uh, hearing that that was really a big part of their their growth process is that they really honed their craft because they performed all the time for these kinds of gigs. And I think for a lot of people, it's just a way to hone your craft, get better at performing. And um, I do think that it's important to have a nice balance. So it's like you know, you have the best of both worlds where you're doing this and you're also focusing on building your own music career as an original original music, original artist. And I think that they do tie in together, but great way to generate an income that can also can feed back into your marketing, your promotion, your recording for your original music as well. So if I, if I understand you correctly, the first step is really about, about playing open mics and just finding these opportunities to perform, just to kind of get the nerves out, to start getting comfortable with performing. When it comes to finding open mics, how do you do that? Like what's the, what's the process? Yeah, really, it was simple as just like Googling my city open mics, right? There's a couple of different websites out there. I think like openmic.us is one of the websites. And yeah, there's plenty of directories that can help you find open mics in your city. So if you don't know anyone, just do a quick Google search. And then what happens is you go to your first one, you make some friends, and they tell you about the other ones around town. It's usually there's kind of a community around it. But yeah, really, it's, it's pretty simple to just Google open mics and, you know, insert city here, and you should be able to find some good places to get started. Mm. Awesome. Love it. So it's pretty, pretty straightforward. You just go to Google, you type in the name of your city, open mics, you can find someone to get started. Great way to also start building relationships with other artists. Um, and that's how we started with, with Paradise Fears too. We started by playing open mics. We played for our school coffee house. So I think there, there is like a common trajectory for the most successful artists. This is kind of where, where you get started. You start playing those open mics. So then the next step was that you start doing cold outreach to actual venues, right? So you start reaching out to different venues. So when it comes to that process, what was what was your process like? Did you have like a, a spreadsheet or a database or something where you just like listed everyone's name and then you could keep track of who you had reached out to or how did that work for you? Yeah. So I do want to hit on one quick thing that you just reminded me of, which is there is the cold outreach, but also as far as making those connections to open mics, probably what will also happen is you meet some friends and you might get a gig that way, right? Like someone sees you at an open mic, that could be where that first gig comes from. So I wanted to clarify that because that is also something that can happen. As far as the, the cold approach though, I'm a big spreadsheet geek. So yeah, I got the, you know, I would Google, I kind of started with what I knew, right? So depending on how familiar you are with your city, you might know a few places that you've seen a guy playing guitar in the corner or something. So I'd say just start with the list of the places you know, find them online, see if you can find a phone number or an email. And as far as the the approach with the email, it's pretty straightforward. You know, I could 
share my templates as far as like exactly what I say, but really it comes down to kind of like providing value, right? Like, so it's not like, Hey, give me a gig. It's, you want to make sure that you're conveying like why you can provide value to them. Right. So for me, that comes down to like, Hey, I make this type of music. Think it'd be a great fit for your clients um, or your atmosphere. So for example, like if you're a, you know, pop singer songwriter and you're reaching out to a venue that's known for hosting like rock and hard metal, like hard rock and metal acts, like that's probably not going to be a right fit. So that'll be the kind of thing, like you do need to do your research and make sure that you're, that what you do is, is a good fit. But a lot of times that kind of, you'd be surprised how many people actually are looking for musicians anyways. I think there is also this mental resistance of maybe feeling like you're annoying the people that you're contacting or something like that. Um, but usually they're actually always kind of looking for new musicians and are always happy to, to hear about new talent. Right. So, but yeah, as far as the approach, it's just, it really is tedious. Just make a list, find them online, phone number, email. Another quick note I would say is like for the, the bar and restaurants and stuff like that, if you are going to call or go in person, definitely be aware of like what time you're calling. So if it's a, a busy restaurant at like 6 PM on a Friday night, probably not a good time to go and like give them your business card, you know, maybe like Tuesday on a, like Tuesday at 3 PM would be better. Right. So you want to keep those things in mind, but really it's just, just put yourself out there, right? Like most people just don't even get that far. So as long as you're friendly and you know, a nice person to interact with, like you'd be surprised how far you can get by just showing up and, and shaking hands someone. All right, let's take a quick break from the podcast so I can tell you about a free special offer that we're doing right now exclusively for our podcast listeners. So if you get a ton of value from the show, but you want to take your music career to the next level, connect with a community of driven musicians and connect with the music mentors directly that we have on this podcast, or if you just want to know the best way to market your music and grow an audience right now, then this is going to be perfect for you. So right now we're offering a free two week trial to our music mentor coaching program. And if you sign up in the show notes below, you're gonna get access to our entire music mentor content vault for free. The vault's organized into four different content pillars. The first being the music, then the artist, the fans, and last but not least, the business. When you sign up, you'll unlock our best in-depth masterclasses from a network of world-class musicians and industry experts on the most cutting-edge strategies right now for growing your music business. On top of that, you'll get access to our weekly live masterminds where our highest level modern musician coaches teach you exactly what they're doing to make an income and an impact with their music. Then once a month, we're gonna have our Music Mentor Spotlight Series. And that's where we're gonna bring on some of the world's biggest and best artist coaches and successful musicians to teach you what's working right now. And one of the most amazing parts is that you can get your questions answered live by these top level music mentors. So a lot of the people that you hear right here on the podcast are there live interacting with you personally. So imagine being able to connect with them directly. On top of all that, you'll get access to our private music mentor community. And this is definitely one of my favorite parts of Music Mentor and, and maybe the most valuable is that you're gonna have this, this community where you can network with other artists and link up, collaborate, ask questions, get support, and discuss everything related to your music career. So if you're curious and you wanna take advantage of the free trial, then go click on the link in the show notes right now and you can sign up for free. Uh, from there, you can check out all of the amazing content, uh, connect with the community, and sign up for the live masterclasses that happen every week. This is a gift for listening to our podcast, supporting the show. Um, so don't miss it out. Go sign up for free now and uh, let's get back to our interview. Awesome. Yeah, dude, we're definitely after after this interview, let's actually let's uh, connect for a little bit and build out like a really nice database system for people to, to have the template to based on the system that you're walking through so that we can add that as a resource because uh, I think that that's a really, really powerful. I, I know for us with Modern Musician, even just doing our podcast and building this network of music mentors has really come from having this database and having this reach out process. And so I think it's super smart and it'd be great to create something like that for any of the artists who would benefit from it. 
Cool, man. So let's talk about, you mentioned how it is really important to do your research to make sure that you're finding the right venues. You're not just reaching out to someone who would be totally the wrong, the wrong fit. How would you recommend that someone finds the right venues for their genre? Yeah. So like I said, the, the main thing is to start with what you know. So it's probably at least like three or four places that you feel like, oh, I might be a good fit here. And that's a good place to start. After that, and this kind of goes back to also once you start attending open mics and meeting some other people, you're, you're kind of bound to meet other musicians that are at least somewhat similar to your style. So one thing that I found really helpful is connecting with those people on social media, especially the ones that are already out there gigging and find where they're playing, right? So if you meet someone that's a gigging musician, their style is similar to yours, find out where they're playing. A lot of times like Instagram, they might post their, their shows on there. If they have a website, they might have like their show calendar there. But really just that's a huge thing is like, I don't want to say copying, but like that's modeling is a better word is it's find people that are similar to you see what they're doing and just go to those places. And that's a really great way to make the, the research part a little easier instead of kind of going in blind. 100%. Yeah, I just got back from funnel hacking live and you know, like the whole premise of funnel hacking and one of the lessons that they that they talk about a lot there is about modeling and basically finding the and how whenever you're doing something new or you're looking to acquire a skill or you're looking to take things to the next level, then it's like the number one thing that you do first before anything else is you find the control. And that means finding you know, who's currently doing this the best right now, who's at the top of the game doing this right now. And you find what they're doing and you use that as your control. So you say, okay, so I, you know, this is my reference. This is my starting point. And then you think, okay, is there, how can I experiment? How can I test it to actually try to beat this in my own way? But you start with that control because you know, there's, there's so much goodness that comes out of that. They've likely spent a lot of time and energy already figuring things out. So you know, don't start from scratch, start from, start from the control. So it sounds like, you know, one of the best ways to really do this is to you know, find those similar artists to you and see what venues are they playing. And then from there, it might even give you a little bit of an easy segue when you're reaching out to those people and saying, hey, you know, I'm actually friends with XYZ and they perform there and I play similar music. And I wanted to see, you know, if you guys are looking for any new artists, any new uh, music to perform for the venue or something like that. So, yeah, it, it does sound like, you know, that, that's the part, too, where, you know, there is a, a certain amount of outreach and connect, like connecting with people. And that, that's something that if depending on how outgoing you are, could be kind of scary, like to like get on the phone. But it's just an important thing to, to do. Do you have any sort of like follow up process or that you would recommend for like as you're going through and you reach out to these people? I guess it's something that we could probably help when we create that database. We could kind of create that process of following up as well. But do you have any tips or, or tricks when it comes to following up and and cementing in the relationships with the right people? Yeah, I mean, you already said it, which is the spreadsheet. Spreadsheet is king. So I have a, a column in there for, you know, when I initially contacted them, I also say like how I contacted them. So if it was like through phone call or email or whatever, and then have like a date for follow-up. And usually I'll do two to three follow-ups. So actually I take that back. I'd say now I do two to three follow-ups since I get direct leads. However, starting out, I wouldn't wouldn't be too hesitant to like just keep following up until you get a response. Like don't be annoying necessarily, but there, there is one venue that I probably contacted 12 to 15 times before I finally got a response. And maybe they just got fed up like, okay, just take the gigs, so you leave us alone, right? But it, <laughs> it can definitely work. So like I said, you don't want to be rude or like overbearing with it, but definitely like just every week or two, just follow up. That's what's great about emails. You can kind of keep the email chain going. So with a phone call, it can be a little more difficult to get the same person on the phone. They might not remember you the next time it's someone different, you know? but that is the benefit to email is that you can kind of keep track of like, 
if they responded, that kind of thing. I would say the phone call is probably the the most powerful, but it's also can be difficult to get the right person on the phone. So I'd say if you're the type of person that is a little nervous about the phone call side of things, like start with email. But yeah, the, the follow-up is so important and I wouldn't hesitate to follow up really as long as it takes to get a response. If they get if you get a response, it's no, don't follow up in that case. But if they just haven't <laughs> responded, like don't be afraid to keep reaching out. Because a lot of times these people that you're reaching out to, they're really busy and maybe they saw it and forgot to respond. Maybe they never saw it in the first place. So usually just comes down to they're busy and it's not that they're ignoring you they just haven't had a chance to respond and if you keep following up eventually it'll be the right place at the right time and they'll have a chance to you know get back to you absolutely that's such a good point that yeah like you said you don't want to be like disrespectful or rude or just like annoying but i think that if you do it in a respectful way or you wait a week or two in between them and you're just it's just a dental check-in then uh that's a, that's a really smart thing to do and even I think that there is a side effect to doing this reach out process that when you first reach out to someone, if they don't get back to you right away, then it's not, it's better that you actually reach out to them because you're kind of like planting a seed. It's like you're planting a seed. So if they did see it, but it just hasn't fully blossomed yet, you know, at least they're aware of you. You're, there, you're on their radar, right? And then as you start booking other gigs around them, they might notice you and they might, oh yeah, I remember he reached out to me before. And then you reach out again. And now that seed was able to fully blossom, right? So there is that benefit to, to reaching out, whether immediately they you know get back to you or not. And some of the people are there are they're going to get back to you immediately. One question for you in regards to you know kind of email versus phone outreach. It sounds like phone uh, in a lot of cases can be a lot more. It can be more powerful because there's a direct connection there. But then there's also some challenges where you maybe have to get the right person on the phone. When it comes to phone versus email, do you always like? you know, send them an email and then call them like right after, or do you call first and then email if you don't get back to them or what, you know, what, what do you usually try to start with? Yeah. So I usually recommend trying to call first and just asking, you know, who's in charge of booking the music. So a lot of times you won't necessarily know. So you might just call and you get an answer and just say, Hey, I'm just curious about talking about booking live music. Who can I speak to about that? Sometimes you get some on the phone. Sometimes you don't, if you don't get a phone an answer on the phone, send them an email. If you get an answer on the phone, usually if they can get you to the right person, they'll probably give you their email. Sometimes it might be like, Oh, I'm not sure. I'll have to get back to you. I will say if someone says they'll get back to you on the phone, they ask your number, they're probably not going to get back to you. So <laughs> if possible, always try to get like, their contact information, right? If you can. But yeah, I'd say usually start with a phone call. If you can get to the right person, great. If not, then kind of resort to email. Okay. That's super smart. So let's talk a little about the next step. So you talked about how, you know, after you get some of this momentum going, you get this traction going, it's kind of like a snowball down the hill and it starts to grow. It gets momentum on its own. And now you start to have some people who are actually reaching out to you and you're getting referrals. And can you talk a little bit about how to best leverage that phase, that stage, like once you're at this point and you start, you, you start having some of the, the opportunity flow starts coming in, how do you recommend that people kind of maximize their uh, opportunity flow? Yeah, I think at that point, definitely having a website and an online presence is always really important. But when you get to the referral stage, it's even more important because that's how people are going to find you. You know, someone says, oh, I saw this guy playing wherever. He was really talented. Here's his name. They go straight to you online. You Number one, if they can't find you, that's a huge problem because then you probably missed out on what could have been a potential gig, right? Number two, if you don't have your presence optimized and your website looks sloppy or your videos aren't updated, you just to make sure you have that best possible first impression. So yeah, I'd say at that stage, really having an online presence and also things like having business cards at your live gigs or having some way for them to contact you. Just having your online presence and your kind of general marketing stuff in place is, is really important for taking advantage of those referrals when they start coming in. Mm. Cool, man. So <laughs> I'm super excited talking about this with you. I think we, we definitely should, should after this interview, let's talk more and, and figure out. Like, I think that it'd be super valuable to put together 
a, a course that just kind of breaks all this down and has these assets in place for them, like templates to, to be able to work through this. So uh, that's going to be awesome. And especially when it comes to like the, the website, I think it would be great to have like a few examples that you could share and kind of walk through what's most important when it comes to having a professional website so that they can make the most out of those opportunities after that they do start coming in. So just at a glance for the website, what do you think are some of the most important components of it in order for them to you know, be able to make the best possible first impression? Yeah, so if I had to keep it to the, like the, the top three things, maybe number one, absolutely would be like video content, right? So I mean, audio is great. Obviously, you're a musician, so you need to have audio, but like really what people want to see if they're booking you for a gig is they want to see you performing, right? So when I say video, I don't mean like fancy music video. I mean, it could be a really basic like iPhone video of you like playing a song in your, your room or something, but just having video footage of you doing what you do, whether it's, you know, obviously the, the better quality you can get, the, the better it'll work out for you, but really anything is better than nothing. So even if it's an iPhone of you playing at the local bar, like having some kind of showcase of, hey, this is what I do, this is what I sound like, is the number one thing people are going to be looking for. Number two, I would say would be, um, I mean, I feel like your contact information is kind of a given, so I would include that. Obviously, you want to have like your email or your phone number, however you want them to contact you. But another one I would say is reviews. Maybe not at first, but once you do start getting some reviews or even just like reaching out to some friends and family to get a, a few initial reviews, you know, kind of the experience people have when they see you live, right? Like, so for me, I do lots of weddings and I do kind of uh, feel that John Mayer, Ed Sheeran kind of romantic love song type space. So a lot of my reviews are like, you know, I hired Logan for my wedding and it like made our, our special day so perfect, that kind of thing. Like you want to make sure that you're, you have people that are talking about the, not really even your, how talented you are, your music, but you want to have them talking about the, the emotions that your music made them feel, right? You want people to read those reviews and um, really kind of get an idea of, of what experience they're going to be getting by having you play play music for their event. So reviews are super important. And three, I would say would just be like links to your, and this kind of goes, I guess I would count that as like the, the number three would be like your contact information, which includes your email, phone number, but also like your Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, like you want to have everything centralized on your website. Kind of think of the website as like your home base where like you're going to have other content other places and you just to make sure that they can get to those other places. Like I said, number one video, number two would be reviews. Number three is just having your, your contact info and your social media links centralized on your website. Mm. That's so good. Yeah. And a lot of this, I mean, I, I think it, make, it would make a lot of sense to uh, kind of flesh out a uh, review system and I, I, I bet you might even do this already when like you perform one of the weddings or like at the end you send them an email that says like hey this is this is a blast i would love to just get your feedback on the experience you know here's a, a quick type form could you take a minute or two to just fill this out quick and that could be a way to like source some of these reviews and uh, definitely makes sense in terms of like having that that video content that really kind of just shows what they're going to get, you know, through, through hiring you for, for the event. And I bet that you could even probably the easiest way to do that would just be to during one of the live events that you're performing at anyways, you have a friend or family member, like recording it professionally for you. You could maybe hire someone on Thumbtack to just come and like actually record some stuff for you. Or you could have a friend or a family member bring their thousand dollar cell phone that has incredible quality video recording capabilities and just like record a few of your songs so this is definitely uh, a lot of good stuff a lot of good stuff to think about and and I hopefully anyone who's listening or watching this right now is like their brains are, are turning too and in, in terms of figuring out an additional income stream for them to be able to hone their craft get better at performing and fun you know it's fun to, to play music and to perform for people so any other like final final tips or advice that you'd have for people 
Yeah, so I think we definitely covered on some of the key things. I do kind of want to hit back on the point of the like the artist side of things where you're selling tickets to, to shows for your own original music versus kind of what I'm talking about with the private events. Because uh, you made a good point earlier that they are really connected in a lot of ways, right? So I think, you know, obviously the, you know, respiratory disease that shall not be named has shaken things up a good bit. So for me personally, my career at the beginning of 2020 and right before I joined Modern Musician, or rather went through the program for the first time, I had just signed a record deal and I was getting ready to plan a tour and I was really focusing on the artist side of things. Then lockdowns happened and all that kind of stuff. So I think the, the main reason that I've focused so much in the private events for the past year or two is because we don't really have, or for a while, we didn't have the option to, to do those bigger shows, right? Um, but I do think that, you know, next year, as things really start to get back to normal, I, I want to integrate that a lot more. And I do think that with this year to break that I've had from playing those types of shows as an artist, I will have a lot of stuff that I've learned that I can apply to that. And I'm sure a lot of it will, will translate that I haven't really even thought about yet. But I just wanted to kind of make that note that like the reason I'm focusing so much on this right now is, yeah, mainly because of COVID and the, the opportunities that were available. But I do think there's a lot of it that will overlap with the artist side of things as well. Awesome. Yeah, super good point. And uh, I would love to have when we do our first Modern Musician Live conference, we'll probably need to have some really dope musical performances by some of our team members, maybe by some of our, our uh, Gold Arts Academy clients or Platinum clients. So I think I've got a feeling that there's going to be some, some space on the lineup for, for Logan Thomas to come out and do his thing. I would love to. Absolutely love to. <laughs> Awesome. Cool, man. So I guess the last question for you would be in regards to Gold Artist Academy and you know, joining the program. You know, I think for, for a lot of people, it's going to be one of, if not the biggest investment they've ever made in their music career. And it's kind of a big leap of faith. So could you just talk a little bit about if you could either talk to someone right now who's sort of considering around the fence and thinking they might want to join or even if you could go back to your, your past self in time, like right before you joined and you're kind of deciding, like, should I do this or not? What, what would your advice be for them? Yeah, really, really great question. And um, I'm glad you brought that up. So I think my mindset at the time when I joined, I already kind of worked through some of the mental barriers. I think what it really comes down to is like, don't be afraid to invest in yourself, right? So when I did finally end up joining, like I had, I had done some programs in the past and was pretty comfortable investing money to, to better my career and my future and that kind of thing. So I think that's the biggest thing is just like not being afraid to invest in yourself, right? Like don't let that stop you. Second thing would obviously be just like vetting, vetting what you're doing, right? So obviously me working with Modern Musician right now, like take what I say with a grain of salt, do your own research, but we have so many testimonials and like reach out to some of our clients clients, like see that what we're doing works, that kind of thing. But yeah, I would say don't be afraid to invest in yourself is the main thing. And I would say that it's absolutely worth every penny. And it's been my experience that because I have done quite a few different types of coaching programs. And it does seem like the the one, the more expensive they are, the more value I get out of it is generally the trend that I see. So I think it's, uh, you get what you pay for at the end of the day. So don't be afraid to, to make the leap if it's something that you think is going to benefit your career. Mm. Awesome. Yeah, su super well said. Cool, man. Well, it's been a lot of fun talking with you. Thanks for coming on here and sharing sharing your wisdom and what, what you've learned. Gosh, 26 years old. So for everyone who's listening or watching this right now, definitely go check out Logan Thomas. It's, it's you by Logan Thomas, right, for the music? Or is it Logan Stewart yeah. for the music? Uh, it's yeah. Logan Thomas music, yeah. Yeah, Logan Thomas music. If you want your ears to be, to be happy, <laughs> then go check it out. And uh, definitely excited to talk more too. I mean, another thing you can expect, you're literally seeing the seeds of ideas planted here while, while we're talking, but I'm definitely excited to talk more with Logan and see if we can work together to create a new bonus course or something that really kind of flushes out all these ideas and turns it into a step-by-step -step template for you to be able to implement and add this to your, your arsenal of tools in your belt that you can use for your music career. Yes, love it. 
Hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guest today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then that'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That, that really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take their music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.